Hi, everyone. Welcome to our monthly webinar series. I am Sarah Artemisia from the Visioning Council of the Organization of Nature Evolutionaries. And our fellow Visioning Council member, Lillian, is also on tech chat support today as well. So you will see her at the top as well. And I am super excited for our chat today with Krista Nelson on From Grieving to Grounding, Nature as Healer. And we were just talking about this before getting on today, how this topic of feeling our grief, releasing our grief and coming into a state of grounding is so important, is so relevant. It's so timely. So Krista, so glad you have joined us today and, and would love to just share a little bit with our with our audience about your work. So Krista Nelson is an African-American single mother of five who is an author, mentor, and nature whisperer. And she works as a life coach, helping artists, executives, teachers, advocates, environmentalists, and feminists to connect with nature elements to support their leadership abilities. And she's also written several books, including My Secret Barack, Crowning the King, and Create Your Dream Life in Six Steps or Less. And in 2015, she was selected as a featured author in the 31st Annual Celebration of Black Writing Festival. And she has been both a presenter and panelist for the International Conference on Spirituality and Psychology. So Krista, thank you so much for joining us today. Such an honor to have you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little embarrassing to hear all that you know, coming back at you, but it's also makes me feel good at the same time. <laughs> so it's lovely to be here. Um, as I was saying, you know, just before everybody came in the room, just how, what an honor it is for me to be with the one organization, because I feel like this is my new home, you know, I mean, it, it, so much love for nature, so much understanding about relationship and kinship. And uh, so, I'm really happy to be able to be here with all of you and and to talk about so near and dear to 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 all of us. I think we all share this understanding of how how critical uh, it is to recognize the importance of our of our planet, right? And then I and what I do is weave that into how we can heal with that sort of appreciation and acknowledgement. So, so important. <laughs> um, so what I'd like to do is just open with the uh, how I've been taught to sort of begin before I just started rattling on about like what I'm, you know, my work that I'm doing, but, but to acknowledge the infinite, you know, to acknowledge the, the four directions, actually the seven directions, and just sort of like bless the space by calling in all the, the blessings that, that are, are making themselves available to us, if that's okay. Um, so I'll begin by saying, you know, Wanishi, 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 which is an expression of gratitude in Lenape, which is also part of my ancestry. And Wanishi to the north and earth, Wanishi to the south and fire, east and air, west and water, and space above, below, and within. So I begin uh, what's many call calling the quarters. It's something I learned from Maya Toll. Maybe you guys know Maya Toll, the best-selling author and a way shower and mentor. And this is a way of just acknowledging everything by reaching to the, the four directions. So I am and I call, connect me with all that is benevolent, all that helps and even all that hurts lessons. May we learn from the bad and relish all that is good, ground, stone, and plant, pools of sweet, clean water, mist and gentle winds, allow the flames of fulfillment, care for us, dear benevolence. So in Lenape, Luwaneyank means north. And in this direction, I think of the earth element. And I say, earth, I call out to you. I bring you in to infuse my energy and burn my intention. Let my skin feel like the smooth moss and stone and mud in the river. 
grassy, leafy hair and crystal eyes, green life made of you. Show me the treetops and mountain peaks from the roots and rabbit holes, the fjords and cenotes, the vision that is required by my mission. Let the action I must take blow and flow as that which erupts from volcanoes. I am always here as you are always here, dust, grit, sand, and all that lands on me and is transformed into me, all that I am made of and is called earth. Be with me now and forever, hold me, hear me, touch me, empower me, give birth to me. Wapanewank means east in Lenape. I greet the air. And with the air, I think of my children's breath, my lover's pant, my ancestors' songs, a tune in the wind, sound force, cold, hot, cool, warm, carrying water, carrying stone, through you all things fly. So whisper me in, feeling the stories you share and suck me up, knowing the unseen gathering of cloud formation and potential. Carry me round and through with music and rhythms. I am laughing, I am moving, I am air. Shawaniwong, south, and the element is fire. Fire, light, pain, heat, warmth, digestion, process. Fire is destruction, the catalyst for creation. And something must be destroyed to reveal the new. Insight, energy, flames of desire. Take me, but please don't take me. Caress me, but please don't consume me. I am your servant. Please be my polite and faithful guest, fire. Burn this, burn that. Fire me up to movement and action. Cook this and cook that <laughs> so I might change and grow. Come now and let us create something together. And the last direction with Chaniwang, which is west, the direction for water. Water. My love is so complete you could drown me in my delirium, so I must be careful. Sip, lick, taste the water of myself, my life. I am water. So be with me now, water, dear water. Bathe me, fill me, cleanse me with the sound of you. Play for me, delight me with the taste of you. Carry me downstream to where all I need is waiting. I know the waves can crash and the force can hold me under. I know the lungs are not made for you, but you lift me now, here. I float on you, friend, mother, lover, water, water, water. And I close with the last bit of gratitude in Lenape, we would say oksomi wanishi, even more gratitude. North, earth, give birth to me again, wanishi. East, air, I am laughing, I am moving, I am wanishi. South, fire, come now and let us create something together, wanishi. West, water, you lift me now, I float on you, friend, wanishi. And space, is grace above, below, within, Wanishi. Thank you. That's what we call calling the quarters. I, I nod to Maya Toll who taught me the first time and also my Lenape elders who are teaching me about gratitude prayers and thanksgiving. Thank you. Krista, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. And so much of what I hear and feel in that is 
this embodied connection to the elements that you that you have that you are so deeply connected with and I'm curious in your experience how does connecting with the elements help us to be well two things actually how does connecting with the elements help us to be more fully human and then particularly with the state of the world and everything going on right now how does connecting with the elements help us process grief beautiful questions <laughs> yeah we could take a couple of hours on on each of those so how do how does connecting with the elements make us more human well the short answer is we are the elements so the five that i work with and focus on is fire water air earth and space and we embody these elements we are these elements so to be human is to be <laughs> these elements, to, to connect more fully with the elements is to be more human. You, they are one and the same. Now, what leads us into a longer discussion is how being mindful and, and being aware of what we are, right? Being thoughtful about how we move through the world and, and our thoughts and our feelings that that too makes us more human so it, so i'm saying that connecting with ourselves right and connecting with the elements which are ourselves helps to make us more human how connecting with elements helps us with grief well all of the elements have their own special unique attributes right they're all um able to do similar things, uh, but they all are very special and, and unique at the same time. Like we are, we, you, you know, you and I are, are so much the same, but we are uniquely different. Um, so the element that I think works best with grief, they all can help us with grief, but the one that I think does the most good for as, as many people that I've worked with is the earth element. And, I, and I, I think it's easy for, for most people to see how earth helps because earth has that grounding ability. Earth has that composting ability. So we're able to take our sadness, our anxiety, our guilt, our bad memories, our, our anger, our resentment, our despair, any part of grief that we want to release, that we don't want to, to hang on to because it's getting in the way of us being our best self, right? You know, here we are activists, leaders, gardeners, lovers, parents, friends, but our grief, parts of our grief can, can get in the way of us being the best teachers and activists and leaders and lovers, et cetera. So if we take that which we want to release to the earth element, and there's a couple of ways to do that. We can process our grief, right? You know, grief is a process, right? And, and, and it's a journey. And we are sort of making our way through traumatic episodes, through um, difficulty, through loss. Um, and so as we process grief, we turn to the earth and we're able to, as I say, sort of steady our steps, make our way for you know the next day, the next moment, in a way that's uh, that, that holds us, that grounds us, that sustains us. You have to stop me if I go on too long about this, like, <laughs> and keep going. I'm loving. I'm just. I feel you know. I feel like you're taking us on this journey. Honestly, that's. I'm like feeling that embodied connectivity with the earth, how important that is, is so, so important right now. And yeah, it's so important because the earth is always here. The earth is always here. And that thing you just spoke to of how grief is a process, it's a process. And I'm curious to hear a bit more in your experience, how has loss and gratitude, especially really impacted your work? Well, um, so let's see. 
I don't think any of us get to not be touched by loss. So I have a story of loss. You have your stories. Um, I was probably always very close to nature elements, but my, my big encounter with loss came to me when I was 17, when my father died, suddenly heart failure in the middle of the night. I was outside in the dark by myself and I found myself having a conversation with the wind. And this is a story I, I tell everybody, I tell a hundred times, it's on my website, I talk about it all the time. I'm still coming to understand what the wind was telling me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a life, it's a lifelong song that, that she was singing to me. Um, so that was the first time that I put the two together, that loss, gratitude for nature to be able to comfort me and hold me, something we, we don't always think of as air as being an element that's alive. We, we can see it, we can, we can experience it more when we think about wind. And this is, it's the wind that was talking to me that night. Um, fast forwarding since, you know, a long time has passed since I was 17. <laughs> what I found in working with, with other people is that, my goodness, especially like, you know, I think in 2020 on, and every encounter like it with the, on a Zoom call, we were crying about the fires in Australia, right? We, we were crying about what was happening to the Amazon. We were crying about guns. You know, we were, we were, we were, we were bereft, right? We had the pandemic. We were losing family members. We were losing lifestyle. We were, we, you know, loss was overwhelming, right? Um, we had the murder of George Floyd. And so, we were just caught in a, a storm of grief and loss. And this is where I thought, okay, what have I learned about loss being the other side of love, right? When we feel this pain so deeply, it's because we've lost something that we love, even if it's it's not ours personally, it's like sometimes we have a collective feeling of, of some things that we've been cherishing that are now being taken from us. Um, how can I help illustrate the love side, right? The, the, the praise and the, the loving side. How, and how can I help uh, other people experience this through connecting with nature? So it begins with the wind. <laughs> um, it was uh, exploded over, 2020, 2021, you know, and, and 2022, it's ongoing. Um, but finding that the earth element, having, you know, what has the earth not witnessed, right? What stories of loss have, has the, the soil and the trees and the rocks, you know, the stones, the sand, what is it that, that they haven't heard? So as witnesses of our experience, they are the perfect healers. They're the perfect entities for holding us, for, for, for continuing to witness us. Um, so, I, so I work with um, helping people remember uh, that they're not alone in their story of loss, that their friends, relatives, ancestors have had experiences of loss, right? And that the planet has had experiences of loss, right? So um, it's a little, it softens the blow when we're with others who, who understand us. And I'm saying others now to also include rocks and stones and, and trees and, and right. So my others are, are also non-human. <laughs> um, and that's comforting. And it does help, uh, help to ground us and help to soothe our pain so that we can, you know, take another step. So there's remembering that we're not alone. There's accessing nature elements, visiting with trees, walking on the earth, um, sitting with stones. And uh, there's also um, 
using the our imaginations you know i ask people when i coach people to, to take a journey with me to an imaginary compost like a, a ditch and we're and we pull out the parts of our grief that we'd like to let go of and toss it into the compost heap and all of this stuff goes into the compost heap so that it can be repurposed and renewed and something wonderful can come out of it um it's it's a nice image to hold and it, and it really does work yeah so when i i work with people we do some uh physical expression to let the grief come out of our bodies so we might i might put on some music and then we uh, whatever comes naturally. Some people will write, others will sketch or paint or dance or howl or beat out a rhythm, you know, of how they're feeling right then there in that moment. And then we will honor what the loss, losses have been. We'll actually speak them out loud, witness each other's pain. And then we'll visit that compost heap. We'll do another ritual of remembering how we can be held by our ancestors, the earth, right? Human and non-human. Uh, and then we do, we go through another round of expression, maybe a slightly different music. We're dancing again, we're howling, we're moaning, we're beating out a rhythm, we're sketching, we're writing, and the energy has changed, the energy shifts. And just in witnessing that ourselves, just seeing how, how that can be, gives us some hope to be able to get through another day. That's all, you know, that's all we can do is like, try to get through the next day so that we can do the good work that we want to do in the world. Yeah. And the earth element is just like, like, you know, I, I keep looking to the left because I've got this huge sycamore tree out, out my window here to the left and, and earth elements are just like all the elements are, are asking us to turn to them. They're waiting there to help us. Incredible. Yeah, I, I feel that so, so deeply too. And there's so much in what you just shared, the value of the compost pile. And really, I'm like, all of our ancestors understood how to compost. This has been a part of the cycles of nature for ever. And that we <laughs> are being invited to, again, come into this deep understanding of what does it mean to compost our grief? And I just love that you help people with that. And then the other thing about these ancient witnesses that we have that are all around us, the earth, the stones, they have oh been gosh. witness to so much. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what does this, what, what could we can learn from stone medicine, especially big stone medicine and even little crystal crystal medicine, like they've been around. So there's patients. I mean, they're not going anywhere fast, right? They have a lot of time you if you lean up against a big rock and just like let your pain be shared just let the rocks hold you for a while let the sand hold you for a while you know and even if you can't get out to beautiful spaces in nature you can imagine you know or looking at pictures can even help you know i, I took i live in a, a beautiful area called the wissahickon valley park and I taken photographs through the different seasons and published them in a collection of books, like my coaching and nature books, so that you, you know, if you can't get to the ocean, you can look at these beautiful photos of the ocean. If you can't get to an old growth forest, you can look at these old trees. And while you're not going to get the chemical that the, that the trees are actually giving off to us when we take a walk under a canopy of, of leaves or you know walk by the trees. Um, you may not get that chemical hit, but just by looking and just immersing in that view is healing. Yeah. So when I go into the woods, it's so obvious uh, the the birth, life, death cycle, right? I can walk into the woods and there's death all around me. There, there's there's the dying and the rotting and the life that's coming up out of what is passed on, what is transpired. And I think one of the things that we do in our culture is not speak of death enough, not speak of loss, so that it often comes as a, as a surprise. And, and then therefore it's more traumatic. 
So going into the woods or going into spaces of, of nature, um, we can remember that this is like you said, it's not, it's not a new idea. Uh, loss is not just for the few, it's for all of us. So. Yeah, that we all experience it. And, and just how valuable it is to know, to have, to have tools, to have an understanding of a process that we can walk through, that we can experience when, when we do encounter loss, because it's an inevitable part of life. And I'm curious, actually, because you have that sycamore tree growing right there. What, yeah. what do you feel from the, what do you feel from sycamore? What, what's the medicine that you, that you feel and experience from that tree? Well, the sycamore, what I love about sycamore in terms of medicine, it's so funny. So this, the, the bark of the sycamore is kind of spotty and, and peels off in layers. And, and often the, you know, an older sycamore has got all of these lumps and bumps and, you know, it's, it's like, and it's beautiful, right? The lumpiness, the bumpiness, the spottedness. The, it's a great reminder that however you look, whatever your shape, however your, whatever your curves are or not, or, you know, it, the sycamore is a reminder that you are beautiful <laughs> as you are. So, so that's like the first way that, that sycamore, I think, delivers medicine. It's just like a, a reminder that, it, that you are gorgeous in the shape in the body that you inhabit, right? That, you know, don't worry about, don't worry about measuring up or looking for, you know, uh, it's something outside of yourself of, of what you're supposed to, to look like. I've never seen a, a, a sycamore tree that I didn't think was beautiful. And and if you take take a good look at them if you're not familiar with them, they they are, they're like kind of twisty. And the one outside my door is all hunched over, and they do all kinds of things. They're beautiful. Um, they're also uh, people like to climb them, so you get a nice view from high up if you are a tree climber. <laughs> um, People like to climb them also because the bark is smooth and so it feels nice, tactile. It's a nice touching experience. Um, and the leaves are broad. So if you're, if you're processing grief and you're near a sycamore tree and you pick up some of the fallen leaves, you can whisper your, your grief into a leaf and let that leaf go into the dirt, into the ground or into a stream and sort of help, the sycamore can help you release and let go with fallen leaves, you know, but all the trees will do that, not just the sycamore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. How the, the, the trees and the plants, they show us this um, experience of embracing who we are fully. They're never like, Oh, I wish I was something else. Or I wish I was, you know, looking a different way. No, they're fully, fully embodied in their in their experience and with the sycamore too just how it's continuously shedding how it's continuously it's in my sense of it is that it that tree is continuously in touch with this process of shedding that which no longer serves which how different would our world be if we were continuously in a state of shedding that which no longer serves i my sense of it would be very different <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we like to hold on and hold back and hold it in and hold it down and and play it small. And I think that's you know, we can look to the sycamore for so many lessons and so much good medicine. And there's probably like so much that I don't even know about, right? But I mean, and that's the good news because there's always more to learn. My my suggestion is to just go be near any tree that might be you know that you have the the opportunity to be near, but think of being with trees, not in an extractive way. It's like a lot of people rush out and want to hug a tree and like get something from it, but to go and be just to be with, be near and maybe ask for permission, ask, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? <laughs> can I get closer? Can I, can I touch you? Can I, can I hold you and, and wait for an answer? Intuitively, I, I think we can begin to communicate more with nature elements if we just slow down and give that a chance. Um, don't believe anyone who tells you that, that they're not speaking to us because they are. I, my belief is that they are. And the more you do it, 
the, the stronger that muscle will become of your ability to commune and understand what's being said. Absolutely. It's a relationship. I mean, just like with a person, right? You wouldn't just go up and hug a person and say, give me something when you were meeting them for the first time. Right. So yeah. Thanks so much for bringing that up. It's so important. Just that, that aspect of the reciprocity. I really feel that in your work too. And um, yeah, it's funny. You mentioned that, like, if you were, you know, with the human, with building a relationship, you wouldn't just go up and grab them. And, and, you know, the, from grieving to grounding has been the work that I have had, uh, you know, such, um, so much satisfaction in, in delivering and working with people, but it has taken me into another path where I'm working with uh, nature as healer, but also now nature as lover, which is, you know, what you just opened the door to a little bit of like, um, there's this quote from, by, uh, from Thich Nhat Hanh that um, when, I, when I read it, I thought, yes, right, nature as lover, how are we, how can we experience a loving relationship with, with earth, fire, air, water, and space? So I have this little quote in front of me. I'm just going to read it so I don't mess it up. So Thich Nhat Hanh, who probably everyone here is familiar with the Vietnamese uh, Buddhist who, um, monk who has recently passed just this year. But uh, he has a quote that says, walk as if you are kissing the earth with your feet. And he goes on to say, to walk as if you are kissing the ground with your feet, you must first be aware, aware of your being, of your thoughts, your surroundings, your blessings, and the blessings bestowed upon you by nature. So, you know, when you kind of take that slowly, if you're, if you're actually walking, and maybe even like a walking meditation and thinking about how you're connecting with the ground, in that moment, you're probably more aware of your own breath. You're aware of your surroundings. You're aware of your thoughts. You're aware of your own being, as, as he says in that quote, and, and aware of the blessings of nature. So, you know, I think that we have a lot to explore in our relationship with nature elements and how we can be more loving and how we can show reverence and how we can then be open, can open ourselves up to more of the loving transmission, the loving, the healing through love, the loving communication that's there for us. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and, and just the power of what really happens when we slow down and listen to what's already present, what's already here. And I hear so much of that in, in your work. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about that too. Like, tell us a bit about, about your work with nature as lover and, yeah. and, and what you're doing. Well, Sarah, I mean, you, you say all the magic words for me, <laughs> it's like, you know, like listening. So um, yeah, what are we listening for and like what what's there for us to hear so um what i'm doing is i'm pairing our sensory right our sensory magic our sight sound touch taste smell with those five elements so we've got our five sensory perceptions and we've got the five elements and matching these together looking for what i'm calling vibrational pairs and a way of having relationship, a way of being with, a way of having love. So listening, when you're talking about when you mentioned listening, um, one of our things that we do together when we are exploring nature as lover is something I call creek drinking. And we go creek drinking. And although it's cr drink uh, creek, you can do this with the water coming out of the tap in your house, you know? So, so nothing is, uh, it, nothing keeps you from being able to do this work, but creek drinking, I call it that because I think it's fun to, to say that. Um, we, take, we take sips of the creek or sips of water, sips of the sound of water with our ears. So we're drinking in with our ears and just simply by making that shift that we're not just like drinking water this way, but we're drinking water this way, make, slows us down. And so, oh, water makes a sound. Oh, what does that mean, right? All the different sounds that water makes, 
all the ways that that makes us feel when we hear it. And then beyond that, what are we really listening for? You know, what does this remind us of? Or what do we remember? Now we're, you know, now we may be exploring childhood memories or uh, ancestral lines, you know, what does water conjure up? Yeah, so we start to listen to the sound of water. We can go many places, but as nature as lover, not only are we experiencing the sound of water, we then make, make music for water. So this is how we show reverence for water and open ourselves up to what comes after that. Just as you were saying, Sarah, with a relationship, I get to know someone and maybe curiosity about them. I ask them some questions. They ask me some questions. We spend some time together. Um, I show appreciation. They show appreciation for me. This back and forth, it grows and it grows. So what if, what if you're doing that with water? What, what can come of that? We're showing appreciation for water. We're probably going to have cleaner water. We're continuously showing love for water. We're going to have we're going to have cleaner rivers. We're going to have cleaner ocean. We're going to have cleaner water coming out, out of our spigot because, because we care and because we're paying attention and we're, we're noticing it. And if we're good to water, water's good to us. <laughs> we, are, we are water, so we're going to be healthier. We're going to feel better. The planet will be you know, healthier, cleaner. So this, this lovemaking starts, it sounds out, it starts sounding like in the beginning, like, um, I don't know. I don't know what it might sound like to some people, <laughs> but to me, it's about a bigger love, a bigger love for the planet, a bigger love for life. Yeah. And how do we take care? How do we take care of life? How do we really love life? So, so this has been my journey, right? Like, you know, paying attention to loss and pain, seeing that as the other side of, uh, or, or the, the proof of love, the, the testimony of love. What does it mean to, to love nature, to love ourselves in this way? How do we show reverence for nature elements? Um, so creek drinking was one. Uh, another one uh, that we do is uh, we call, um, uh, let's see which one's like, my, uh, so mycelium sniffing. <laughs> so this is, again, I'm pairing a, a sense of smell with and a nature element, which is earth. And, and what we do is we, uh, we, we think about the earth, the attributes of earth. And we talked a little bit about soil and sand and, sand and rocks and trees and all the, you know, the animals and, and all, all of us that are earth elements. And how, when we begin to really sniff out a story, um, the land, you know, seems to love stories. The land holds stories. We create legends, myths, you know, based on the land that we are stewards of. This is our land. This is, you know, my land, the land, my heart is in the land. And we begin to tell stories to each other um, and for the land. And, and, you know, it might sound to, to, to new ears, these ideas might sound a little crazy about how the land loves to hear our stories. But it's true. And if you if you're outside and you begin to share stories and and speak to the land, you'll, it's a feel you can feel it and you can feel how happy the land is to hear your story. So <laughs> that's creek drinking, uh, mycelium sniffing. We do uh, uh, wind listening. Wind listening is nice. This is when you're um, this is a, a, a showing reverence for air. And what we do is we we focus on what we what we're we're listening to, but through our sense of smell, <laughs> and what fragrance we can catch. All right, so we smoke and catch a fragrance, and it can evoke some poetry, and so we we make poetry, we recite poetry for air. So I think you, you see where I'm going with this. We're either making music for water, we're making poetry for air, we're, we're, we're writing literature for the land, we're dancing for space, because that's, you know, the, it's how more intimate can you be with it, with, a, with anything than, than movement, with a space that's as close as, 
as your, you know, but what's the space just around your face and around your fingers, and around your hands? And if I begin to move and touch the space that I'm in, I'm making a dance for a space. I'm showing reverence for the space that I'm in. And then, you know, everything has a, has a way of rippling and expanding, right? So what kind of space can I hold for you? And what kind of spaciousness am I holding within myself? And, and there's, you know, there's, there's expansion and then there's also limiting space. What kind of boundaries do I need to set up? How can I honor space with a sacred no, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I go on. So yeah. much of what you just shared there, that aspect of listening through the senses, listening through each of our senses, what changes when we listen deeply through each of our senses? And I, I personally resonate very deeply with that practice. I call it spherical listening. That's how I've experienced it. That it's, it's like approaching a space as a sphere and really tuning into what's happening on all these different layers. And I love this framework that you just introduced of of incorporating each element into the senses and, and working with these things that are very much alive, the mycelium, the creek, the water. There's, yeah. We have, as we were talking about earlier, I, I live over in on the West Coast in Oregon and we have had so many intense wildfires, including in the town where I live a couple of years ago. And that experience of pretty much every single summer going through this really intense experience of tons of smoke just it's it's almost like the survival instinct of like got to get out but there's nowhere to go kind of a thing i've really been struck by this this experience of how that that when we don't respect the elements just like any relationship right like when we don't respect the water it goes away it goes away and i feel that happen i feel that happening here in the west where it's like are we in a loving, respectful relationship with water? If not, just like with any human, it's going to go away. And that is what we are progressively witnessing. It's what we're progressively experiencing. And I love that you bring up this whole aspect of that it is possible to reconnect with water. It is possible to deeply love, work with nature as lover. It's actually, it's reminding me, there's a, a quote on our fridge that my husband put up there many years ago and it's something along the line. It's from a Japanese scientist. I can't recall his name right now, but he said something along the lines of cleaning up rivers is not a function of rivers, but of the human heart. And that to me is so much of exactly what you're, you're speaking to that. Like, I love that. <laughs> I love that. You have to find out whose quote that is because that's exactly it. Yeah. For, 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 for everything, for all things, for, for the land, for the air. We need, we need to have clean air. If we don't have air, we, if we're, not being, if we're not able to breathe, we don't have life. We, don't have, we, we won't live. The, the planet, I believe, will renew itself if we get out of the way. We saw, we saw shades of that in, during the pandemic when we couldn't go out and do as much damage. We see the jungle coming back. We see the air is cleaner when we're not in the when we're not flying through it all the time. But wouldn't it be nice if we could keep a nice place for our children's 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 children, right? So, yes, let's let's get into this relationship, a loving relationship where we're taking care of the earth, and we can begin in very small ways. We're taking care of ourselves at the same time. And we begin by just being able to, like Thich Nhat Hanh said, you know, it, you know, you're paying attention, having some awareness. And what I have found can make the biggest difference is in showing reverence. And when we show reverence, all right? So it's, it's not just looking out at my sycamore and saying, oh, what a nice tree. It's, you know, how can I conduct myself in such a way that I actually do something for this tree. So, you know, I have these little Andean flutes and I'll go out to the tree and play the, play the, the tree a, a song. You could sing, you could recite something. You just go and talk to the tree about your day. Um, 
try it and see what happens. <laughs> try it again and again and again and try different things, only things that make you feel good, things that come naturally to you. You know, when you're, you're taking a shower or you're washing your hands, really feel the water moving over your skin. And then, I don't know, get, have a wish for, for water, anything that comes natural, a way of, of showing reverence for water. I feel that making music for water is a really nice way to show reverence, but, but anything that you do that shows reverence will, will be felt by water. I mean, we, we've seen those tests that show that water's alive. Water responds to the words that we speak over it and the things that we do. So I go on. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, so it's a lovely place to, to live in. I can't tell you how grateful I am to be with, with all of you because, you know, these, you guys are all nature lovers and, and understanding of how, how connected we actually are. Yeah, that everything is alive and Every just how beautiful that is. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, again, you know, all like, like you and I, we can do great harm. We can do great damage. I mean, we talk about how, how wonderful water is and talk to someone who's had their home destroyed by a flood and maybe they're not feeling so great about water, right? I mean, the you know, fire can burn and everything is destroyed, you know, um, not enough air, you suffocate. So there's the, the, the potential for great harm and, and great good. And what we want to do is focus on, on the good or the positive or the benefit and bring more of that forward and also learn when uh, the, something harmful is happening, like the wildfires, what element can come and help us to reduce or to, to steer or direct what needs to be directed. So with a fire, it, sometimes it's bringing in earth to calm down the fire, you know, uh, or take air out of what's inflaming the fire. So the elements can work together to inflame and to repress as, as needed. And this is the work that we do one-on-one -on -one and in small groups are really exploring what are the elements that are moving in your life? You know, what elements can you call in to help you solve some problems that you're facing uh, today, right? There's like a, some little mini sessions that I offer about 30 minutes where we begin, we, we talk about, how, you know, when you think of yourself, what element seems to resonate with you? You know, do you feel like you're fire? Do you feel like you're water? After we talk about these things for a while, and then you can look at a problem you're facing and see what element that seems to represent to you. So given you and the situation you're facing that you'd like to change, what is the third element that can come in and help you to make a change? And this is a lot of fun. <laughs> this is fun fun work and, and it, it you bring you know it heightens your intuitive senses it gets brings you closer to nature elements once again because you're just thinking about the their attributes and what they're able to do and and how you resonate with them and how you how you feel and it's, it's lovely work I can't say enough about it I go on and on <laughs> amazing yeah I mean it, it sounds almost alchemical what you're describing this this experience of of really bringing the elements back into balance like what does it mean to be in relationship with the elements recognize what what is what is actually happening and then to bring them into balance and yeah your work is so powerful I think you were right we could talk for hours here but I would love I know we have some questions in the chat and for anyone who is tuning in right now live please feel free to put your additional questions in the chat and then Lillian, could you share a, a few questions that are, that are already there for Krista? Yeah, I'd love to know what people are thinking. What are, you, what are your questions? Well, right now there's a lot of praise, so much gratitude, lots of sentiments, like beautiful, meaningful time here together. Very beautiful, just, yeah, holy words. Thank you for this. And, um, and we do have one question from, um, let's see, from Oceana. And um, Hi, Oceana. <laughs> and I think you've, you've touched on this in so many beautiful ways. This is a big question. So if you have any other 
sentiments to share. How is the grieving, loving, lovemaking with nature particularly important for people of the global majority? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Right. So there's so much trauma and trauma that's today and yesterday and yesterday's yesterday's yesterday's. There's generational trauma. There's inherited trauma. So grief needs to be expressed, needs a place to live outside of the body. Love loves grief. <laughs> Love, I say, takes grief by the hand. And this is a comfort. So if you can bring love into your life by having a loving relationship with nature, this is very helpful to healing pain and trauma. It's so good medicine, it's so powerful medicine. Even the smallest amount goes a long way. Don't hesitate. So I'm trying to answer the, the question in, in specifics because it, this is good medicine for everyone. But for the global majority, I can't. I I could never say enough. Um, I wish we could practice reverence for nature in every household, in every moment, because it's trans. It's life transforming. Yeah. Um, it's so. It has so much healing power. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, yes, yes, it's important for the global majority. Yes, it's important for the, the global minority. Yes, it's helpful and, and important for everyone. And I, and it's easy to access. When we were talking about reverence for space, we're talking about showing reverence for air or water or earth. You don't need permission. You don't need a prescription. You don't need to say some, some, fancy words, you don't need to open up a you know, scripture, you don't need to go through any sort of middleman or anything other than your own senses, your own self in your own way to the best of your ability. Yeah. Ask me another question. <laughs> yeah, so Lillian, I think, I think we have time for one more question, if you have another one in there. Yeah, there is another one in here from Anne-Marie who asks, what is a simple practice regarding love loves grief to practice at a celebration of life after the loss of a family member? Okay. So there we are at a celebration, celebration for life. This is a loss of a family member. Well, a simple practice is one that we do automatically. We, we start to share stories with each other about what we remember about that person. Remembering them is a way of honoring them. And in that moment, we're honoring what we've, what we've lost, you know, what has been lost to us, what has been lost to the world by, by their physical self not being present but we're also feeding ourselves and nourishing ourselves and one another by remembering, you know, I was going to say what was lovely about them, but even what's, you know, doesn't have to be what's lovely, just remembering them, remembering their spirit that calls, that calls into presence them. Probably the simplest practice I could think of because it's a, the most, accessible and it's probably already being done. 
Yeah, it's nice to explore beyond that, right? So nice to explore beyond beyond that. There's much that can be done with with stones and water and earthing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's so much that I hear in your work, Krista, about really the power of honoring what is and how that can both be amplified and transformed, transmuted when we work in this deep way with the elements. And so I'd love to hear if you could tell us a bit more, how could people find out more about you and your work? Oh, um, what a great question, right? I love that one. But before I answer that, I just want to say in the connection to that last uh, uh, discussion about um, celebration of life and gathering of family, the, the important thing to remember when you're, when you're talking with, with someone like me is that you don't need to look for nature outside of yourself, right? We are nature. So if you're looking for a way to heal with nature, you have the power because all of the elements are within your own body and your own spirit. So I just want to mention, I don't, we don't have to look for a way to get outside. I mean, you're, they're, they're all here with you. Um, how can you find me? You can Google me easily, Krista Nelson. My website is uh, just get it done now because there's so much that we need to get done right now. Um, you can uh, find me on Instagram at uh, knelsonauthor. You can email me knelsonauthor at gmail. Uh, any information you want more about something that we've talked about today, feel free to email me at any time and I will correspond with you. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Krista Nelson. <laughs> and um, I don't know if this if there's going to be something on the one uh, website that that points to me, because that might be the easiest way. Yeah, so we will include all the links. I know you also have some additional videos and video clips that unfortunately we didn't have time to get to today, but we'll include all of those in the in the show notes, both in the podcast and on our website. And I know you also have a free gift. Could you tell us a, bit, a little bit about that as well? I do have a free gift. Um, Thank you for mentioning those videos. Yeah, lots of fun. It, we're, we're, I'll be walking in the woods, talking to you about grief release and um, big stone medicine and uh, wonderful things, right? Uh, creek drinking, creek drinking is a good thing. Um, free gift, yes. On my website, uh, you can schedule a 30 minute free session with me and we can look for uh, nature element as a problem solver for you. Or we could talk about nature as healer and nature as lover. But uh, if you want to do this new fun thing I'm doing where you are an element, your problem, your situation is an element, and we find the third element to help you with a breakthrough, lots of fun, quick to do, free session, my gift to you for being here with us today. Wonderful. Well, Krista, thank you so much for joining us today. I feel like we just went on this epic journey together. <laughs> just it's time, so it time really flies. The time went by so quickly. And I, I do see a couple of friends and I, a couple of names and faces. I just want to say hi to everybody. And some of you, I, I love and cherish so much. <laughs> Thank you for, for taking time out of your, oh my gosh, I just, hi, Amy and Sherry and Oceana, oh, my friends. Thank you for taking the time uh, and get to know this organization because they are fabulous. People like Lillian and Sarah and others are extraordinary people. Oh, Krista, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I feel this, this sense of, of kinship and just how special it is that there really are so many of us on this planet right now who do feel this, this kinship with nature and how important it is to give voice that to, to come forward and just say, this is, this is amazing. This connection is so beautiful. So yeah, thank you so, so much for joining us to everyone who has tuned in as well. And also want to share to everyone who has tuned in that 
as, as always, we will have another monthly webinar next month, and it will be on August 21st with Sharifa Oppenheimer, who will be joining us to share about a litany of wild graces deepening into the heart of nature. And um, of course, we it is so important to us that these webinars are free, that they are accessible content to everyone. And if for anyone tuning in, if you have the means and feel called, we would love to invite you to donate on our website, which is natureevolutionaries.com. So with that, Krista, again, just thank you so much for your, your deep embodied soul-filled offering and presence in this world. It is so powerful and it has been such an honor to get to know you better today. Thank you for joining us. I hope we can do this again or <laughs> talk about some other things in depth. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us.